Well, good morning, church. How are you doing? You guys got less, less than an hour of sleep today, right? You lost one, but worship was great. You guys are awake, so congrats on that. I told, I told first service, like, they are the, they're like the elect. They're like the predestined crew that was here this morning, but, uh, but we're, we're thankful you're here. Thanks for worshiping with us. If you're new with us, special welcome to you. If you'll uh, do me a favor, if you're new with us, just uh, fill out that communicator card. It's right in your seat rack right in front of you. Let us know that you're here. If there's any way we can serve you, uh, to put it on that card. Also, prayer and praise record, uh, reports. Praise requests. Praise, prayer, messed it up. You know what I'm saying. Fill that out. We'll pray for you. But we'd also like to hear how God's speaking to you as well. So you could drop those in the tithe and offering containers as well with your tithes and offerings. Make that part of your worship. It's a joy to bring your first back to the Lord. So you can do that. Make that part of your worship. Uh, those of you online as well, if it's your first time, let us know that you're here. You can push the contact button uh, or uh, just let us know if there's any questions, anything we can pray for you about as well. Uh, you can fill that out there or you can send us an email at prayer at westers.cc. Be happy to stand in prayer with you and hear what God's doing in your life there as well. But uh, we're really glad you guys are all here in person and online. It's, a, it's gonna be a great day. We started uh, the Churches of Galatians or Churches of Galatia. It's an area. We learned that it wasn't, last week we learned it wasn't a specific city. It's a broad area known as modern-day Turkey today, right under the Black Sea. And so uh, we're going to jump right back into there. But before we do, I want to give you some updates. So last, uh, last week, I told you we're starting a Ukrainian fund that we're going to be sending to help support and supply. And so we did open that up online. You can give uh, online or you can give uh, by check, however you want. It's not about the method. It's about your heart. So you can make that part of your giving if you wanted to give. Uh, some of you maybe uh, found other ways to give. That's fine, too. Uh, but if you want to join with us as a church, as one body, we can do that as well. Um, so we did contact three different organizations last week, and uh, we were able to uh, kind of connect some dots. I told you we were trying to get some, everything's fast moving and changing, so I just want to make sure that our support's going directly there, and it's, a, it's an organization or a way that we uh, can trust and support. So one of those is Every Home for Christ. It's a missionary we've supported for many, many years, um, and so they have a Eurasia fund, and they actually have people on the ground uh, in Poland, in, uh, in Ukraine, and other areas uh, right around that region for refugees and are helping. Now, they were there well before the war, but uh, they've kind of transformed their ministry and just saying, hey, we're, we're just going to pick up refugees and help them get where they need to go. And whatever they need food or clothing-wise, we'll have it here for them. And so that's the way they're spreading the gospel is by showing Christ through meeting their needs right here and right now. So uh, that's what uh, Every Home for Christ is doing. And like I said, they have people on the ground doing that right now and have been ever since the, it started. Um, another organization is Gateway Church, which is where Jen and I came out of in Dallas. And so uh, they're, uh, they have a whole Ukrainian support as well. And, uh, and so I'm still getting the details from them on where it goes or you know, what it's going to be doing. So uh, we won't be giving to them until we get those details firmed up. But uh, obviously, we, we trust Gateway and what they're doing as well. But I'll get more details from them. And then third is the uh, Ukrainian church here in Pittsburgh. I was telling you about that uh, Ukrainian pastor that's actually uh, really felt burdened to go because he told this uh, girl that he had uh, under his care that I, you know, I won't let anything bad happen to you. So he actually went to Ukraine, picked her up, and ended up picking her up and 35 other kids. And so he filled a bus, and uh, they can't get back to the U.S. because of passport issues right now, but uh, they're uh, in a, a country outside of Ukraine. They're safe, and uh, he's been taking care of them. But they don't have a fund set up yet, and so I've been talking with them to see, you know, uh, they're working on it, and so when that gets set, then we'll be ready to go to be able to fund and help. But those are the three organizations, and then uh, Jen and I have a friend uh, close to us at, and. Uh, Georgetown, Hookstown area that is from Ukraine. Her family's in West Ukraine, and she has a lot of family and friends. Obviously, she grew up in Ukraine, and so that she's supporting uh, the Ukrainian military and 
also uh, people in Ukraine that just need food and everyday supplies. Uh, and so she's doing that to help. We're, we're supporting her personally there, um, but we're talking to her about if we can do something with the church as well. So, so those are the three areas I told you I'd give you an update, and that's kind of what's happening. And uh, before we get into the word, let's pray first over the word, and then let's also pray for uh, Ukraine as well. But let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for you. God, your word is always good. Uh, we receive it this morning. We open our hearts. Lord, we soften our hearts. And Lord, we are so grateful. Uh, Lord, your word says no, not to negate gathering together. We are blessed and thankful to be able to do this right here. There's many uh, in other countries, and especially in Ukraine, that are in bomb shelters and subways. And uh, Lord, uh, missing this right here. Uh, so we, we continue to pray for them. Lord, we know your word will never return void. We know you're above all things. Lord, we've seen you fight wars without armies, without militaries, without weapons. Uh, Lord, you've gone and... and really uh, taken over areas with for Elijah and Moses and others. Uh, Lord, you're above all things. And we just, we just ask for your help. Lord, supernaturally, uh, these are your kids. They're your children. You created every single one of them on both sides, Lord. And so we just need your help. Lord, we don't know what the answer is. Uh, a lot of people have a great ideas and great opinions. Uh, but Lord, we trust you and we're leaning in on you. We also know that in the end times, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. So this isn't uh, new for you. You're not shocked by these things. Uh, but God, we are told to pray your word over every situation. And so we just ask for your divine help, your divine wisdom, and your divine understanding. Uh, Lord, protect and provide for all those families that, oh Lord, their, their life has been shattered and their life has been changed. Lord, moms are taking their kids and leaving their husbands and, and uh, younger sons to fight in the war. Oh Lord, I just can't imagine. Uh, God, we, we need you. We love you. We trust you. And we pray over Ukraine. We pray over those families that are, are just shattered. And uh, Lord, we, we need you to speak uh, powerfully, mightily from heaven to earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. amen, amen. Well, thanks for continuing to pray for all things, but especially Ukraine as well. They need your prayers, and uh, we just thank you for praying for them. Also, last week, uh, we collected our pledges, and many of you, some of you were out. Many of you gave. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving. Uh, you'll see the signs all around the, the church building here. There's a park an issue that we started uh, a few years ago, uh, and God blessed us with the youth center, so we just finished that, and now we're moving back to the park, and so, um, but thank you for your pledges. I don't have a total yet. I did get, we did get quite a few uh, offerings already and, and pledges, and so it's, it's around the 40,000 range, but I got so many emails and contacts saying, hey, I'll be bringing it this week, or I'll be sending you my pledge here soon, so uh, I'll be bringing you an update uh, next week on uh, what God did, but God's going to use this park to bless so many people, and his, he's going to be glorified through it all, so we're looking forward to sharing that with you as well. Um, so next week, I'll bring you an update on that, okay? Um, and then finally, last week, uh, I don't know if you know, but there's a New Life Bulbs, if you're new with us, that whole New Life board out there, there's a little sign that tells you what it's all about, but uh, every white bulb uh, represents somebody committing their life to Christ or coming back to God. Maybe they've left the church or they've run away from God and they're coming back. So every time someone does that, they plug in a bulb to represent their commitment to God and uh, what they're doing. And so every, you saw four bulbs last week get plugged in. And so we had actually 10 commitments to the Lord, four of them plugged bulbs in. Uh, and so if that's you today, if you're ready to make a commitment, there's bulbs for you at Info Central here, altars, ushers, they all have bulbs. So if you're ready to make that commitment, Hey, plug it in. We're going to cheer for you. We're going to champion you on. It's going to be a great day. So, uh, so those are available. But last week, 11. Isn't that awesome? One of them, by the way, one of them was on Wednesday night in the women's meeting. Uh, they just She gave her life to Christ and plugged in a bulb. And so, so, so proud of her as well. And that's just an awesome, awesome testimony. 
churches of Galatia, Galatians chapter two, open your Bibles, get ready. I hope you're ready for this. Last week, if you missed it, you can jump right on, but you can listen to our message online as well. Uh, Paul really clarified what the gospel is and what the gospel is not. And so this is a continuation of our conversation or Galatians chapter one, what we saw Paul speaking. Uh, but, uh, you know, so important. Last week we shared about uh, always being ready. We've gotta be ready as believers. We gotta know uh, Jesus, not only have a relationship with Jesus, but we gotta know what he says. What is the gospel? As Christ followers, if you're a Christ follower, if you've been saved, you accept Jesus, you need to know what the gospel is and what the gospel is not. And that's really where Paul is in this space. Now, Paul's a Jew, all right? He's a Jewish man, and, but he was called to take the gospel to the Gentile nations, which most of you are Gentiles. There's probably some Jews in here as well, but most of us are, are Gentiles. So Paul took the gospel to these Gentile nations. And so that's what he's doing in Galatia. This is his second missionary journey. Uh, and he's having some issues with the Jewish church because the Jewish church and, and many Jews still struggle with uh, this grafting in of Gentiles into their faith, uh, but they, they really wanna add something to the gospel. So yes, you can receive Jesus. Yes, Jesus died for your sins. Yes, uh, you can be saved through Christ and Christ alone, but you also must add circumcision to the mix. And so for some of you that doesn't apply, but for some of you it does, right? So, so they started preaching this other gospel and this is kind of where we're at is there's this, there's this tension between Paul and, and the Gentile churches and the Jews, some of the leaders of the Jews. And by the way, these aren't just you know, leaders that you don't know. We're talking about Peter, the apostle Peter, who walked with Jesus. This was, this was the guy, and I'm not speaking ill about Peter because he's human like all of us, but every person in the planet has, has the ability to be deceived. The enemy can lead you. So you know, in Genesis 1, the enemy started by deceiving Adam and Eve both, because God said, don't eat of that tree or you'll surely die. And the enemy twisted it and said, oh, surely you won't die, and they ate it. They didn't die instantly right there, but sin and death came upon them. And because of that today, we live in a world full of sin. Like we, that, that one act, now we live in this fallen place where we all have a lot of questions. Well, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why does, because we chose sin, and not just Adam and Eve, all of us have. And so, you know, this is what the enemy does so well. Is he takes scripture, or he takes God's word, he takes what God said to you, and he just gives it that little tweak. It sounds like the Bible, but it's just a little tweak. And you see Jesus encountering that when he fasted for 40 days, he was in the desert, and the enemy is throwing manipulated, twisted scripture at Jesus, and Jesus had to correct him. He said, no, it is written, and he corrected him with what the Bible actually said, or what he actually said. So, that's why it's always important that we're ready. Now, I know it's a little intimidating looking at a book this thick. I'm not saying you have to know the Bible front to cover today to be a Christian, but you've got to start. We've got to start with the fundamentals. Let's start. We need to know what the gospel is and what the gospel isn't. That's what we talked about last week. Now, today you're going to see, well, what happens when you're in a situation where maybe somebody like Peter, very influential, known all over the, I mean, Everybody that has ever read the Bible or been in church knows who Peter is, right? Peter's the rock. Jesus' name said, Peter, you're the rock. And upon this rock, and by the way, he's not talking about Peter. He's not talking about a man. He's talking about what Peter said. Jesus said, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, you're Jesus Christ. You're the Messiah. Upon that rock, upon that truth, around that gospel, the church will 
The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's what he was talking about. That's the gospel. Because here we see Peter, the rock, teaching a different gospel. I'm thankful that it's not made on man. We mess it up. We'll mess it up. You'll mess it up. I'll mess it up. But it's so important for you to know, to have a relationship with the living God, that he's the Lord and we're his followers. Jesus said it this way. I'll know my disciples because they follow my teachings. This isn't legalism. This is knowing the God that you're worshiping, knowing the God that's living inside of you. You can know him. It's not about doing works. It's not about legalism. This is about a relationship with the living God, and you can know him. And the one of the ways that you're going to know him is to, to know what he taught. What did Jesus say the gospel was? What did he say the gospel is? Again, we shared that last week, but you're going to see as Paul expounds on this in Galatians chapter 2, he also says, look, it's your responsibility and it's my responsibility as followers of Christ to hold other believers accountable. So if Peter or Paul or insert my name, and by the way, uh, I know I'm your pastor, but you need to be testing what I say. If I go off the rocker, you have every right to hold me accountable. If I teach some other gospel, you have every right to take me off this pulpit until I get right. And even if I get right, you want to make sure I'm right. That's your, look, we need to test the spirits. And I know that's a weird word. We say spirits, your head goes, there's only two spirits, demon spirits and angels. That's, there's only two spirits. One's from God, one's not from God. That's it, very clear. And how do you test them? You align with what's being spoken versus what Jesus spoke. You're gonna be doing this for the rest of your life, by the way. What are they saying? What did that person say? What did that pastor say? What did that YouTuber say? What did Jesus say? And if they don't line up, then you have to make a decision. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't love somebody that disagrees with you. It doesn't mean that you can't love somebody that maybe doesn't believe in Jesus. But what it does mean is you need to know what you believe. You need to know who you are. If you're a follower of Christ, what are you following? I hope you're following Jesus. And so this is where Paul is. He says, look, and here's my first point. The gospel is for all. It's for all. It's for Jew. It's for Gentile. It doesn't matter what your race is, where you grew up, where you, you know, who your parents are, who your grandma was. Listen, the gospel is for every single person. Man, woman, child, adult, it's for everybody. It's not exclusive. It's not restricted. When Jesus died, he died for the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his life for all of us. That he who believes, he who believes, what do you believe? What do you believe? I'm not asking what the politicians believe. I'm not asking what the YouTubers believe. I'm not asking what does your mom or your grandma believe. I'm not even asking what that church believes. I'm asking what do you believe. You've got to know. The enemy is a master counterfeiter, making it look like God, but it's not God. And the only way you're going to know if it's God or not is by knowing what Jesus has to say. And so this morning, this is my challenge to you, especially if you gave your life last week, listen, we're not only proud of you, but I want to challenge you, you need to be hearing the word of God because the enemy is trying to snatch up what you received last week. 
He's trying to take away this powerful gospel that you received last week. But you gotta commit to continuing to hear the word of God. Look, be in church from here to the end of the year. And by the way, I'm not saying if you miss a week, you've lost it. What I'm saying is, is make a commitment to be in church, to hear the word of God. Place yourself around people that are gonna encourage you, teach the word of God, help you shape and form this new faith. You're a new creation, you're a new person. God is gonna do an amazing work in you, but it's gonna take some feeding and crafting. So put yourself in a place to hear the word every week. If you miss a week because you're sick, or you're traveling, you're out, look, it's okay. Also, we have online, that's what it's for. But make a commitment to hear the word of God. The gospel's for all. Galatians 2, verses 1 through 6. This is Paul speaking. He's actually making a trip back to Jerusalem. Listen to what he says. He says, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. Now, remember these names because they're intentional. Maybe you've heard them before. With Barnabas and Titus. Titus is the book of the Bible. This is where it comes from, this follower. From Titus is with me and Barnabas is with me. I went up by revelation and communicated to them the gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately preach among the Gentiles to those who have reputation, lest any to those who have reputation by any means I might run and have run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me. Titus was a Greek. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren, listen to this, false brethren brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which was we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage. Here's an amazing verse in the Bible. And listen, how crazy is it that what was happening thousands of years ago is still happening today? Now, maybe it's not the Jewish church Maybe it's not Peter and James and John sending out these spies, but let me just tell you something. There's an enemy sending spies that's trying to lie to you and deceive you to bite into the bondage that he gives and take away from the liberty that Christ gives. It's happening every day. There's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes says. It may be packaged differently, but it's the same stuff. The enemy's trying to get you away from the gospel. He's trying to get you away from Jesus. And here's the church, the Jewish church, Peter, James, John, the original apostles with Jesus Christ, sending out people to sit in church, to sit in Paul's church in these Gentile nations, and then secretly, manipulatively say, hey, you thought you were saved, but you're not circumcised, so you're really not saved. It's important that you receive Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised or it doesn't count. And Paul's saying, even Titus, who was a Greek, he didn't bite into that. He, was, he didn't bite into that lie. It's not about circumcision. It's about this being a lie. It's a deception. It's not the gospel. And Titus didn't bite it. You'll see later Barnabas did. Listen, where are you? Let me ask you the question. The gospel's for all, but where are you? Listen, we live in a world that wants to teach a lot of different gospels. You gotta know what you believe, my friends. You can't be deceived or swayed. And really, that's my, let me, let me finish this verse all the way up to verse six. It says, that we might bring us into bondage, verse five says, to whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, listen to this, I love this verse. For those that seem to be something, you ever think you were someone or something? Listen to this verse. This will humble you right now. 
who whatever they are, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. I love that. Because we're so quick. We're so quick to be enamored. It's shiny. Ooh. They have a million followers on YouTube. Ooh. They've watched 20 million views. Wow. Look, don't be quick to be caught up just because of their status, their followers, their likes, their political view or agenda, their power, their status. Maybe they're your, they're your employer. Maybe they're wealthy. Maybe they're rich. It doesn't matter. They can't write the gospel. They can't write the gospel. There's only one Jesus. Last time I checked. There's only one Jesus. That'll never change, folks. The gospel's not about likes, loves, follows, or views. It's not about that. You know, we live in such a capturing environment. If you're watching online, look, this online world, it, look, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? It can be good, it can be bad, it's neutral. You've gotta choose what you view. You gotta choose what you watch. But the crazy thing that's happened in our culture is this is what's teaching those that are watching. Every platform has a message. Every song has a message. Every person has a message. Every person has an amount of influence or sphere of influence. And by the way, we'll all be responsible for how we live. Regardless if you know Jesus or not. We're all gonna stand before our creator someday. But I was thinking about this, you know, because I've, I've been around, and I know my kids say I'm old, and I don't know. I've been online since it started. So many of you, right, were old enough to say when it started that I got online. I had the big T9 phone. I, I learned it all, right? They don't even know what T9 is anymore, do they? But do you remember, for you old school people like me, do you remember what the platform was? AOL, you've got mail. You've got mail. 56K flash modem, do you remember it? You love it, don't you? Come on, what was our social media? No, MySpace, come on. It was MySpace. Dead in the water now, isn't it? Let me just tell you something, young people. YouTube will be dead too. It's good now, but it'll go away. I promise you, it'll go away. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just telling you, it's not eternal. It's not eternal. This is the only thing that's eternal. I know we view things and we say, that's cool. I'm telling you, Jesus will always be cool. He's always gonna be eternal. His, his eternal word, his word will live on forever. You remember my words. You're gonna grow up like me someday. You're gonna be old like me someday. And you're gonna say, oh yeah, remember YouTube. And your kids are gonna say, oh, you're so old, dad. It's gonna happen, trust me. It's gonna happen. Again, it's neutral. It's not that it's good or it's bad, but I'm telling you, you can't let people shape the gospel. You can't let the enemy allow a voice, a YouTuber, a tweeter, a TikToker, you can't allow them 
to preach the gospel. And this is what's happening. So many people, and it's not even young people, it's old people too. We're watching so much. We're consuming so much. That's not this. We're confused at what this is. We're confused at what the gospel really is. We're confused about who Jesus the Messiah really is. Why? Why? Because what you put in here affects not only what you speak, but what you believe and what you do. It's so important that we know this word. And whether you're new, this is day one, or you've been doing it 30 years, I'm telling you for the rest of your life, Whatever you're here, you have to align it. Well, what did they just say? What did that politician just say? What did my boss just say? What did that YouTuber just say? What did my friend just say? And what did Jesus say? This will be the process in which you walk for the rest of your days. What did my Lord say? And if he's your follower, he's your, if you're following Jesus, he's the Lord. And if he's the Lord, and by the way, Jesus is the truth. He's not like truth. He is truth. He can't lie. There's nothing else that can come out of his mouth but truth. And if Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, no one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven except through me. When somebody else says, oh no, there's another way, you say, no, there isn't. With grace and truth and in every loving outlook, especially if they're a believer, if they're calling themselves a follower of Christ and saying, well, you can get to heaven another way. No, you can't. Love says you have to tell them. Love says that you can't just turn a blind eye and walk away. Love says if they're calling themselves a follower of Christ and they're preaching a different gospel, you have to be like Paul and you have to say, Peter, stop it. Stop it. Imagine sitting down with the apostle Peter who walked with Jesus, by the way. It had to be a hard confrontation. I love uh, love this verse in verse 11. This is the conversation between him and Peter. Well, this is where it starts. But listen to this first verse. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. What's your translation? What does that look like for you? I'm just saying it was a hard conversation. But Paul had to get in. And by the way, I, of course, never met Paul. never met Peter. I've never met them. Someday in heaven, it'd be great to meet them. But I'd have to think these are some pretty hard, strong, strong leaders, passionate people. I mean, Jesus changed Peter's name to Rock. Pretty hard. And Peter, I mean, you watch Peter in the Gospels. I mean, that, that man is passionate. Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. No, I won't. And he does. But I love Jesus confronted Peter. I love that Jesus said, Peter, this is gonna happen. Even though that would be hard to hear, he still said it. And I love that Paul got into Peter's face and said, This is not the gospel. You walked with Jesus for three and a half years. I never had that opportunity. You got to spend all this time with Jesus, and now you're preaching something different. Why? Why? He goes on to say, for before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were were of the circumcision. I'm losing my voice, I'm sorry. Fearing the Jews, fearing, fearing other leaders that are, that are challenging him. Oh, you're hanging out with the Gentiles. Didn't they say that about Jesus? You're hanging out with the sinners. And that pressure, that pressure to please people was in their lives. That pressure so much so that they changed the gospel to appease to the people. 
I don't know about you, but do two-faced people bother you? It certainly bothered Jesus, didn't he? He he called people whitewashed tombs. What did that mean? He wasn't just being rude. He was saying, stop preaching it and not living it. That's what he was saying. Stop telling people how to live and you're not doing it yourself. That's what he was saying. You look good on the outside, but you're dead in the inside. This is what's happening. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas, listen to this, even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. I'm not being hard on Peter and I'm not being hard on Barnabas. Here's what I'm saying is if you're not gonna stand for your faith, people are gonna pressure you to change. The enemy is gonna pressure you through people and through different avenues, whatever package he can get, he's gonna try to deceive you. And I'm trying to challenge you to be strong enough in your faith that when it happens, you say no. You say no for yourself, and especially for those like Barnabas and Peter, if somebody that you love, it's a friend, it's somebody that you really look up to, and if they go astray, that you love them enough to say stop it. That is not what Jesus died for. And that's really the next, wouldn't you love to be there when Peter and Paul sat down and had this conversation and hashed it out? Wouldn't you love to have been there? I would have loved to have been there. And we have a record here starting in verse 14. Here's what was spoken now. I'm gonna show you, I believe it's Galatians 2.20. We preach this verse all the time. And it's a great verse and you should preach it. You should memorize it. But it comes out of Paul confronting false gospel. This is where this verse comes out. It comes out of where Paul and you and I as followers, where we stand up for our faith where we stand up for what we believe. It's not just a good verse to put to memory and be flipping about. It's, it's something that you gotta know and you gotta believe and you gotta keep walking out regardless of what happens in our world and our culture. In schools today, they call it worldview. Well, you wanna know what biblical worldview is? This world's gonna end someday. So what kind of view is that? Biblical worldview says there's gonna be a new heaven and a new Jerusalem and I don't know about you, but I wanna be part of that. That's the heaven, that's the earth, that's the Jesus you wanna know. I love that we live in this world. I love that we're placed here. But this isn't where God's gonna live for all eternity. And he's called you and he's called me to walk this thing out, to live it out. The gospel first must be received, must be understood, must be able to be spoken by you, but you know what? You must also have to live it out. You've gotta show it. Live it out. Here's the conversation, verse 14. says this. I'm gonna read it out of a different translation here. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make the Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Now, if you're new to the Bible, that probably doesn't make sense. But Jews stopped doing certain practices after Jesus was buried rose from the grave, ascended into heaven. They stopped doing certain practices, in a sense, living like the Gentiles do because they didn't follow those practices. But now, as a Jew, they're trying to force a Gentile to live like the Jews used to do. 15 says, you and I are both Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law, 
And we have believed in Christ Jesus so we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law. For no one, no one, say it, no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. There's not one person that ever lived beyond Jesus that lived without breaking the law. We all blew it. We all messed it up. Now, the law itself is holy. If we could keep all the law and not blow it, the law itself is good. Jesus fulfilled the law. But the law really showed us that we're all sinners, that we all fall short. Paul goes on to say, so, no one's made right by by obeying the law, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ and we're found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I may live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I. This is the verse we all know. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Now, this is a very simple and deep teaching to understand. But all that Paul is saying is saying, look, if we could save ourselves by the law, then we don't need Jesus at all. But the reality is none of us. You, you want to know what the truth is? We all need saved from ourselves. And that may be hard for you to swallow, but think about you. You've lied before. You've deceived before. You've treated and disrespected your parents before. So just in those few things, it means you need a savior. Because the law says to honor your parents. The law says don't steal. The law says that God needs to be first. And how many of us have not put God first? All of us have. We all need a savior. The law is good, but it also shows us that we're not holy at all. You ever hear that saying? It's a popular one out today. Well, people are naturally born good. No, they're not. No, they're not. Isn't it amazing how quick a baby disobeys a young kid? We've never experienced a world without sin because sin happened through Adam and Eve. And ever since then, every human being has encountered sin. So what I'm trying to tell you today is there's only one Jesus. We all need to be saved from ourselves. And let me just end with this, the power of the gospel. Do you realize how powerful the gospel is? And when I say gospel, please don't take it out of context. Jesus Christ is the gospel. Do you realize how powerful this relationship with Jesus Christ is? The living God is living inside of you and he's living inside of me. And look, today, if you plug a light bulb in and you commit your life to Jesus, it starts now. 
It starts today. It doesn't start, well, when I become mature, when I know the Bible front to cover. No, it starts today. God can use you now. He is using you now. The power of this gospel is so tremendous. In fact, Paul, and I purposely intentionally skipped a chunk out of Galatians 2. Why? Because this is the winning argument he has. This is what he tells the Jews. You saw it. You know it's true. You know that the gospel not only changed you, but it changed the Gentile. Had nothing to do with circumcision. You can't take away the fact that the Holy Spirit came into that Gentile, came into Titus, and something good happened. You can't take away that the church is spreading all through Galatia without your circumcision. You can't take it away. God is moving on us as Gentiles, or them as Gentiles, just like he moved on us as Jews. The gospel is powerful for all, for all. And today, you need to know that, look, there's so much power. Look, I'm not talking about people who preach at you and don't live it out themselves. That's not who I'm talking about. That's not who Paul's talking about. He's talking about people like you and people like me that when we receive Jesus, it changes us. We're not perfect. We're not always going to get it right, but we're going to keep following Jesus. And if we do get it wrong and we do sin and we do make, it, we make a mistake, we make it right. That's what reconciliation is. That's what redemption is. You messed it up and Jesus made it right. And because of his rightness, you're now made right. So now when you mess up with another human being, you make it right with that person. That's what the whole teaching of the Sermon on the Mount was, right? If you can't forgive others, God can't forgive you. That's the amazing gospel that God's given to us. You can forgive because you've been forgiven. And you did nothing to deserve it. That's what grace is. That's what the gospel is so powerful. Look at what Paul says in 2 Galatians 2, verse 7. Starting in verse 7. This is what he's telling Peter and James and John. He says, instead, they saw that God had given me responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles just as he had given Peter the responsibility to preach to the Jews. For the same God worked through Peter as an apostle of the Jews, also worked through me as the apostle of the Gentiles. The same gospel did the same results, regardless of region, nation, race, sex, age. It didn't matter. The same God did the same thing. The same gospel, the same relationship with Jesus, did the same to all people, is what Paul's saying. He goes on to say, in fact, James, Peter, John, who were known pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was to keep on helping the poor, which I've always been eager to do. So there was a time where the Jews were saying, go get them, Paul. Good job, buddy. I'm seeing what happened to me is happening to them. That is awesome. And then all of a sudden they got deceived because of pressure. Because of pressure. Because other Jews said, no, no, no. I was circumcised. They need to be circumcised. They need to follow the same law I had to follow all those years. Even Barnabas got dissuaded Because they lost sight of what the gospel truly was. You know, let me give you one nugget today if you can walk out of here. What if you took this living word of God and you applied it to your life? If this is your first day of salvation, let me just tell you something. Find a verse right here in the scripture and apply it and see what happens. And by applying it, I'm not just saying that you, you just read it and go, oh, that's good. 
I'm saying that you begin to transform to it. You align your life with it. You begin to walk the talk. I was reading in my quiet time, uh, um, we're making some new rhythms, and so we have this little sunroom, and that's where I get to do my quiet time. I like to watch the sunset and look outside and read and worship, but I was reading Proverbs 22 and Proverbs 23 over the last few days of my quiet time, but Proverbs 22 says this in verse one. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. I don't know about you, but I lived a long time trying to get the riches. Trying to get what everybody else had. Now today, I don't struggle with it all, but it was a good reminder to say, the Lord's heart is that you're a person of character. That's what God's heart is. And today, if this is day one of your salvation, look, God would rather you be a man and woman of character than have a lot of money. Now, that's not saying you can't have a lot of money. And it's not saying that the gospel is all about having money. Do you see how the enemy has deceived so many people? All God is saying is, be a man or woman, be a man or woman of character. That's all I'm asking. I'd rather you have that than give away your soul just so you can have worldly things that aren't gonna, that aren't gonna go on for eternity anyway. Be a person of character. Be a person that has favor because of the way you live. That's why when Jesus was having that discussion with the rich ruler one day, he said, it's, it's harder to find a needle in a, in a pile of, of hay than it is for you to get into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he was all about stuff. His God was stuff. It's really hard to see the living God when you're stuck in a false God. It's very difficult, and I don't care what you say it is, but this is what Jesus was saying. It's gonna be hard for you to give that up. It's gonna be hard for you to stop worshiping worldly things. And Proverbs 22 and 23, one of the other things that stuck out to me as I was reading this, and you know, over the years, some things have happened, and I've never seen this until just recently, but you know, you remember over the last few years, people were like destroying statues and knocking things down monuments and defacing things. And I read in Proverbs 22 and 23, over and over again, it says, do not destroy what your forefathers set up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, I'm not here to get on a political bantering and say who's right or who's wrong. Here's what I'm saying. God says, don't do it. Regardless of what you think or you believe, don't do it. What if somebody said something? You see, our job as followers is not only to read the word of God, to say, look, look, they make a good argument. They make a good argument over here. They make a good view here, but my God says, don't do it. So I'm gonna choose not to do it. It's not to say, oh, well, you're, you're this or you're that. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna follow his word. Even though everybody else is doing their thing, even though, well, they got a lot of followers because they said that and a lot of people agreed with it. No, I'm gonna follow. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a follower of the Lord. And if he says not to do something, you've gotta just be able to say, okay, I trust you. I trust you. 
Whatever the argument is, I don't care what culture's saying. I don't care what the world's saying. I don't care what your school's saying. I don't care what your friends are saying or the YouTubers saying. I don't care. Love says, what does Jesus say? Remember, you said you were gonna follow him. You said you were committing your life to him. You said, I'm dying to myself. Daily, by the way, you have to die to yourself. Which means sometimes your head's gonna wanna go that way. Your flesh is gonna wanna go that way. You're gonna believe what that YouTuber says. You're gonna wanna listen to your friends over here. But the only way to ground yourself is, is Jesus, what do you say? And if you don't know, get with somebody, look in the Bible, figure it out. That's what we do. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be someone standing on the rooftop preaching to people. And then I'm not doing it myself. You see, this is when the gospel gets real powerful is you just live it out. You just live it out. It speaks volumes to people when you're, when you're honest, when you're a man or woman of character. It speaks powerful to people when you're not, you don't want what everybody else has. You want what Jesus has. It speaks powerfully to people. And sometimes you don't even have to preach. Your life preaches for you. The gospel is preached through the way you live. Now, I also believe that you should tell people the truth and you should speak that thing. But you know what? It starts by, why do you live that way? Why do you choose to do that? Why do you choose to live that way? Why do you treat people the way you do? How come you can look at somebody and not get angry and not blow off of people? It's a beautiful opportunity for the power of the gospel to be spoken right then and right there. And that's when you'd rather speak the gospel is when people are like, how do you do that? Why are you like that? Why do you love me even though I treat you disrespectfully? How do you continue to do? Look at what God has done. That's what Jesus did, wasn't it? They were literally beating him and whipping him and flogging him, mocking him. Oh, what do you have to say, Jesus? He stayed silent. And let me just tell you, the power of the gospel, when he got out of the grave that day, how many of you know we're like, blew him away. Not only that, he got out of the grave, but then he started appearing to people. A little freaky, but powerful. That's what Easter's all about, by the way. Get ready, it's coming. Easter, I mean. Jesus is always his kid, you know. Jesus. He's coming too, but not, you know, you get it. Find a verse. Proverbs is a great place. Short nuggets, apply it, live by it, see what happens. Well, you'll see how powerful that gospel is. Read the gospel, look at what Jesus is doing, apply it, live it out, see what God will do. I so want to hear too, so please email us, tell us. Man, I read this. I, I tried to live it out this week or this month, and here's what God did. So good. You're a new creation. Ambassador for heaven. Stay on your feet. I want to pray with you. Anybody ready to live it out? I hope you are. I hope you are. For those of you this is new, try it. Try it. Haven't given your life to Jesus, you're giving your life to a lot of other things. This will change you. This will transform you. So wherever you're at today, I just ask God, what's my part? Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to do? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody online. 
everyone at home, everyone in this room. Lord, the gospel's for all. The gospel's for all. And Lord, you are the gospel. There's nobody else on this planet that can speak like you do. Lord, I pray for somebody in this room. Lord, and someone outside of this room that's, maybe they've never done that. Maybe they've never read your word, God, and then they look at how they're actually living and of course it's, it's probably going to be different but Lord if they would just receive from you and then follow you so much good happens that's where the power of the gospel the power of this relationship really takes heart that's when it really changes and transforms us it's not enough just to know a verse or to memorize it it's got to get in our hearts it's got to get in our lives so Lord I just pray for whoever that is today Lord Lord, I pray that even tomorrow as they read, that it comes alive, it comes alive, changes them, transforms them, prospers them. Lord, not, not so much financial, I can do all that stuff too, but prospers them and who they are, prospers their relationship with you. It grows them in a way that they've never seen before. Lord, we love you. We choose to worship you. We choose to follow you. We choose to trust your word, Lord. We choose to look to your word and we choose to allow it to form our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for being the one and only true Messiah. We love you. We bless you. We exalt your name today. In Jesus' name, everyone said.